Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants Inn Chambers. In our podcast series, we are going to discuss a range of topics affecting police officers and anyone involved in the criminal justice system. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com. The existing human rights framework has recently been the subject of scrutiny by the Supreme Court. Here to discuss this with me is Francis McLenaghan, barrister at Sergeants in Chambers. In the recent McQuillan case, the Supreme Court provided guidance on three key matters. The extent to which the investigative duty under Articles 2 and 3 of the European Convention of Human Rights is engaged in pre-commencement deaths, known as the temporal scope issue. When new evidence revives the investigative obligation, the Brecknell issue, and how courts assess the independence of investigations, the independence issue. Good morning, Francis. Firstly, can we discuss what the facts of the case were, please? Yes, of course. Uh, the p- appeal arises from the backdrop of, of the Troubles and uh, a particularly uh, bloody period in 1971 and 1972. The two bereaved families uh, sought judicial review of decisions by the Police Service of Northern Ireland, or PSNI, as to how the PSNI would investigate their loved ones' uh, deaths and in the case of of the hooded men, the ill treatment that they had suffered. The first family, the the McQuillan case, uh, relates to the death of uh, Miss Smith in 1972, who was fatally shot while a passenger in a car on the way home from a night out. In June 2014, um, following the discovery of military logs suggesting the fatal shot was fired by a member of the army, the PSNI proposed to conduct a further investigation into Miss Smith's death. That investigation was to be conducted by the Legacy Investigation Branch of PSNI. But before the investigation began, Miss Smith's sister issued judicial review proceedings seeking a declaration that the legacy investigations branch uh, of PSNI was not sufficiently independent and therefore that was a breach of Article 2. The second appeal, um, known as the Hooded Men case, relates to the seminal case Article 3 decision of Ireland and the UK at Strasbourg. So the original case concerned very serious ill-treatment suffered by people who were detained by the uh, security forces for interrogation in 1971. Strasbourg determined their ill-treatment constituted inhumane and degrading treatment, but was not uh, tortured, did not satisfy that definition. In 2014, the Irish national broadcaster showed a documentary about the hooded men. And in that piece... Uh, The broadcaster referred to a memorandum by the uh, British Home Secretary uh, to the Prime Minister of the time, written in 1977, which referred to the use of torture and its approval by UK ministers. Following that documentary, the PSNI considered whether there was sufficient evidence to warrant a further investigation, but concluded there was not. One of the detainees and the daughter of another applied for judicial review of the PSNI's decision. So how does this relate to the temporal scope issue? Well, as you'll be aware, the Human Rights Act 1998 came into force in the year 2000. 
But of course, this ill treatment in both cases arose a long period before, almost 30 years before the Human Rights Act was enacted. The claimants relied on the UK's investigative obligations under the ECHR. So the first issue was whether the claims fell within the temporal scope of the Human Rights Act. So what is the temporal scope then of the Human Rights Act? Well, it's not as obvious as as may first be um, considered. The existing Strasbourg case law has laid down a number of preconditions of the investigative obligation where the death or ill treatment occurred some years before the state accepted the right of individual petition. There must be a genuine connection between the death or ill treatment and the date when the right of individual petition is accepted. Alternatively, there must be an extraordinary situation in which the need to ensure effective protection constitutes a sufficient basis for the connection. So that latter is called the uh, convention values test. What's meant by the genuine connection? Two factors are required for a genuine connection. First, there must be a reasonably short time period between death and the entry into force of the convention, uh, previously considered not in excess of of 10 years. And second, the major part of the investigation must have been or ought to have been carried out after the entry into force of the convention. The test for genuine connection has been interpreted quite widely by the courts, hasn't it? Yes, particularly and specifically in the Ree Finucane case, which of course uh, relates to the the killing of uh, a well-known Northern Irish solicitor. His death occurred uh, 11 years and eight months before the enactment of the Human Rights Act, so in excess of that initial uh, 10-year period. Lord Kerr gave the judgment for the Supreme Court in that case and said the 10-year requirement was not immutable. He considered, typically for him, that there, there, it was a multifactorial exercise in which the weight to be attached to each factor will depend on all the circumstances of the case. And so how is this applied in the current case that we're talking about? The Supreme Court didn't depart from uh, Lord Kerr's previous decision. Instead, it held that 12 years was the absolute limit and narrowly confined the circumstances in which events more than 10 years before the date of enactment would qualify. The court held that the critical date was the uh, date of entry into force of the Human Rights Act, so 2nd of October 2000. And that conclusion was supported by the clear choice uh, Parliament had made that the Human Rights Act should not have retrospective effect embodied in Section 22 of the Human Rights Act. Further, the Convention was not engaged on the basis of either test. And what was said about the Brecknell issue? The Brecknell issue was subject to the cases falling within the temporal scope of the the convention, which neither did. So what was said on the Brecknell issue was obiter. Nevertheless, the court did provide guidance which public authorities will find useful when considering whether the obligation to reinvestigate has arisen. So the Brecknell issue is is whether further evidence reignites or further triggers investigative duty. And the court said that what is critical is not the inconclusive nature of earlier investigations, but whether there now exists such weighty and compelling new evidence to require a fresh investigation. And the third, the independence issue? 
If Article 2 had applied, the proposed investigation into Ms Smith's death would not have been effective because the PSNI had failed to explain how they would show that the legacy investigations branch was practically independent from them. A key element was the involvement of the deceased family, which in the McQuillan case was lacking. However, it was not established that the inquiry by the PSNI into the hooded men's treatment was ineffective, and that was treated differently. How do you think this judgment will be applied in future cases? McQuillan should be borne in mind by police forces um, when considering whether to reinvestigate historic allegations of death or ill-treatment. It provides clear, helpful guidance that if the triggering death or ill-treatment occurred before 2nd of October 1988, that being 12 years before the enactment of the Human Rights Act, the investigative duty is unlikely to arise save in extraordinary situations meeting the Convention Values Test. And if the allegations do fall within the temporal scope of the Convention? Where there has been a prior investigation, the police should look to see if there is any new evidence that is weighty and compelling. If not, the Convention does not require further investigation. It's obligations as to means, not outcome, that's important. It's not enough um, simply to point to outstanding questions. Finally, when the allegations are, are made, engagement with the family of the deceased or the victim in the in appropriate cases is key. Where the convention applies, the investigative duty will oblige forces to involve the family or the victim. It's best practice to do that in all cases, however. What effective engagement requires will depend on the circumstances of the case. Prior to investigation, as in McQuillan, it may involve the victim or the family being told how it's proposed the investigation will be conducted to achieve practical independence. Thereafter, involving the family can be achieved by informing them at least of the summary of findings and recommendations. Thank you, Francis. That was very interesting. Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com.